Hello. Hello. How are you doing tonight, Veronica? I am a little bit sick. Yes. So I probably don't sound like myself. <laughs> well, the podcast knife cares not for the sickness of the podcaster. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> I'm going to try my best not to have a hacking cough during the middle of this recording session. Uh huh. But if I do, I will just ex- mute and excuse myself, and then you can unmute and continue on with the conversation. Though it will be one-sided. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you so much for joining us on Highly Illogical and Podcat, another crossover for the ages. We're talking more Star Trek Discovery here. We just watched episode four, The Butcher's not- Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry. So one of the things that Sam and I love to do is watch television together. Uh-huh. Um, I actually have really been enjoying this format for Podcat. I think it's really fun. I think we should just continue to listen to Talk, to, to, about, talk TV. about TV. I sure. love it. It's so much fun. So if it's something that you'd be interested in us doing long term, just uh, shoot us a, a Twitter message or something. Sure. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that Sam knows about me is that I do not like to read the title of the episode. Yes. Before um, before we watch it, because it really it gets it can get really spoilery especially in the most recent um, two seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're terrific. You loved the bug <clears throat> in Apple TV where the if you watched Game of Thrones the night of, right when it first released, it would say like episode, whatever, the next episode of the hit television series. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The title I loved you that. You loved it. You thought it was a feature and not a bug. They did it on purpose to not spoil people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think people were like that. I think it was a bug. <laughs> I don't think they intended to do it. But that was, it was very funny and I thought it was very cute. How You were just like, oh, they've heard my wishes and they have changed the universe to better adhere to how I watch television. Well, I just think everyone should be surprised. <laughs> See, I don't think I've ever expressed this to you, but I always, you know I always read it, mm-hmm. but I intentionally read the episode. I, I feel like it's a conceptual frame of mind that the director or writer is is priming you to to experience the work with having it in, in, in mind. So I, I, I choose to always read it immediately before I watch something. Yeah. I think the only time that I have seen you not want to see the episode title or a description, I guess I should say you always like the title, but you are... Not so keen on seeing descriptions. Right. The, the yeah. title came from the writer or like came from someone who wrote the show. The description might be the network just trying oh, to sell me. No, it's not the description that you don't like. It's the violence, uh, sexual content, my, you know. Oh, I hate that. He does not want any, to be like, spoiled on that. Any, um, so what we're talking about there is any television warning of the sort of content that's going to be in it. I'm like, I want to be surprised if we see them titties. I don't want to like know that it's coming. <laughs> If it's if it's a Showtime show, you might like see like dicks. And yeah, stuff. exactly. Yeah, but I I, I just like I don't want to know what's on or off the table going into it. I want yeah, to yeah for sure. But anything that ostensibly came from the show's production as a <coughs> maybe a contextual piece of thing to keep in mind to frame it, I'm 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 happy to have beforehand. Yeah. Okay, so now <coughs> that we've had three minutes of... Just television. Just television. Uh-huh. How about we talk about this new Star Trek yes. Discovery episode? What'd you think of it? I really enjoyed it. It was very engaging. It, it was so good. Um, I have a very far-fetched fan theory okay. that I would like to talk to you about as we kind of get to that moment sure. in the uh, in the episode. Um, so... What do you think about... Okay, so I need to address some outside opinions that I have read on the social medias. Mm -hmm. So one of those being that uh, 
There are a lot of people that do not like Discovery because it's kind of a serialized drama following yes. one character, uh-huh. right? Um, and I had we had briefly talked about this before, you know, while the credits were, um, you know, uh, showing at the very beginning of this episode. But one of the things that I really like about this season is that I wish that there were times when I was watching um, The Next Generation where I could just follow around Jordy and Data and watch what their freaking daily life is because yeah. they get assigned these huge projects. Uh-huh. And then like suddenly in the course of like 37 minutes or so, like, oh, we figured it out. Oh no, it's it's almost too late. Yeah. <laughs> but I really like that day to day and seeing the grind of what is it to be an engineer or a scientist on uh you know, on an explorer ship. Uh-huh. So I think it's a really cool thing. And I think that it's really giving us a look into the day-to-day lives of every single Star Trek character that has ever been making all of those small decisions with them. And I really enjoy that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's sort of thought that maybe um, Starfleet demands a lot of those sort of characters that we just give get cast on these impossible things. We don't mm-hmm. see it. And we sort of feel that a little bit more in Discovery. Which is it's really cool. I also think that it, it, it takes careful pains to affix itself as a, a um, reverential to the legacy that it kind of follows. Uh, it, it feels gratuitous to, 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 to Trek in a way that I appreciate a lot. And I trust it more than past Trek starting out to have something to say, but also be of Trek and from Trek and for Trek. And uh, I, think, I think it's really interesting. Yeah. This one, I, I felt a big divorce between the... Uh, Discovery storyline and the Klingon storyline. They felt yes. extremely disjointed and that they just sort of were there as like we're watching two different things. Normally time there's like themes that like intersect if we're going to have them at least. So. Well, but what I like about this is that, you know, we're experiencing the Klingons in a time before we ever know the Klingons, right? Yeah. You know, we don't know who they are. And, at and the they very... don't know who they are yeah. in, a, in a big way. They're, they're coming from a lot of war, tribes, division. It, what does it mean to be Rumi and Klingon? Yeah, love has been divided and not multiplied. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I'm sorry. But um, one of the things that I think is really interesting about the Klingons is that uh, we both had this like moment of shock because the two... Klingon people. I can't remember what their fucking names are. We're going to have to get a cast list and put it up here. Vol is the... Vol... No, Volk. Isn't uh, it V-O-K? Or V-O-Q? Yeah, I'm sorry about the clicking, guys. Normally I'd clean up the clickings, but there's no time. I opened up a cast list here for us. Okay. And of course, it's just going to give us the... We're not going to be able to recognize the Klingons based on... They're human features, uh, you right. dumb dumb. I'm going to see if someone made us a Klingon guide. Because we're here to help these people who are watching it with us know it too. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, but what I was going to say is the two Klingons, and Sam is looking at those names for us now, um, they had a real Sam and Diane, will they, won't they kind of thing going on when they were going to retrieve um, this part of the ship from the USS Shinju. And boy, howdy, did it take a left turn out of nowhere. And I thought it was really interesting. I was very surprised. I, I've, I've given up on this. I'll try to find it later. I can't. I can't do both. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. looking? No, no, no. You're fine. Uh, I was very surprised that Takuma's ship 
was stuck in the graveyard for yeah for I, six months. For that, six months. That's really surprised me. It doesn't surprise me that no one would come to find the ship, um, and that no one would savage it and, and it would destroy it before now. Well, because it's been cloaked. Well, that and while there are separate houses, and ideally for this, it's almost like a water truce in the Jungle Book. There are kind of no houses while they're in this existential war. This house might mean something to the other houses. Maybe someone really means that remain Klingon. It might seem sacrilege to the idea of the light of Kalos, Kalos Way, uh, to destroy the ship, to scavenge it, to, to mess with its crew. So yeah. it, it doesn't surprise me that no Klingons decided to fuck with it for a, a little, and cut it a wide path. And then also not to rescue it, because it's they're, they're, they're fucking weirdos uh, compared to the rest of the Empire in a lot of ways, too. It, 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 there's just a lot of cons, not a lot of pros to trying to go for it. For sure. <clears throat> a lot of liability opens it up to you. You might seem especially sacrilegious to everything of what it means to be Klingon, and you might have very little to gain if we get this destroyed ship. Um, but I like this one Klingon who looked a little bit more familiar, old um, Klingon, like, like we know. He like, looks an axe, like a Klingon, more from the track that we've Cole? seen before. Uh, the, yeah, the, the guy who, who can't With have the red, X, yeah, X yeah. on his face. Uh, so he, he comes, of course, uh, buys the, the, the ship away, goes for the cloaking device, and he's got a lot of ambition there, too. Oh, yeah, and he buys it for, what, like, a bucket of KFC? <laughs> I was so shocked. Sam and I have had a conversation all week about how we have determined that the Klingon religion <coughs> is essentially the Southern Baptist yeah. religion. <laughs> and today just solidified it with... Like, oh, also, you know, come over and we'll start a new church with a bucket of KFC. <laughs> and the whole, like, way that they deal with excommunication feels very yes. Southern Baptist, uh, too. There's a lot of things <laughs> that kind of really work. It was it was spot on. And the more that I've thought about it this week and then seeing this episode this time, I'm like, oh, oh my, I feel the spirit in this. <laughs> <laughs> you feel the light of Kalos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So it's been very funny and not to dog on anyone's <clears throat> spiritual beliefs or anything. I just thought it was kind of funny that that's kind of the conclusion that we had come to uh-huh. over the course of the week. But um, yeah, so I was really crazy. There was this will they won't they between the two, I guess, our two main Klingons. Yeah, one of the big green eyes uh, who's more like an almost an engineering type. Yeah, and she seems to be from this, um, oh my gosh, uh matriarchy that is really powerful so i'm interested to um to see more of that house for sure but um i guess she's kind of risking it all to you know she really believes in yeah to get the torchbearer yeah to you know to his uh, place in prom or you know his prominent position that takuma uh kind of bestowed upon him yeah so I'm interested to see their story, but it really caught me off guard <coughs> when she turned on him. Oh, yeah. I was just like, for a chicken leg? <laughs> what? No. I couldn't believe it. I want to talk more about her, but do you think the captain was eating gach as well in his radio room? I think he I think might have so. been. I think and so. And he, he tends to kind of like want to like really get inside the head of the people he, he fights. Yeah. So I think that that's a bit of that. And he fashions himself such a warrior, I think too. he's the type of person that goes to Japan and never eats at a tourist trap. He's like, I'll eat the regular food or whatever. You know what I but, mean? Like, yeah, he's also the kind of guy, he's eating that alone in his briefing room. Yeah. He's not the type of guy who like... I don't know, um, 
post on social media that I'm not going to the tourist site and look how much I'm doing. No, 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 yeah. Never for a second. Never once. No, and if like he goes into someone and someone thinks he's the tourist, he might play the tourist Mm -hmm. because he does not care about your perception of him doing it. He's a lot more subtle and intrinsically motivated. I am loving this captain. He's fun. He is very good. I have always had a soft spot in my heart, um, you know, Slytherin representing for uh, Lucius Malfoy. And seeing him in Star Trek has just been very good for mm-hmm. me. I love it. Right. I'm, I'm getting a little sidetracked from the from the, talking about the Gawk, and I want to talk more about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But finishing up on the the adherent Klingon is almost what I'm mm-hmm. going to call her. I, I feel like with the proud houses of, uh, of the Empire, you can imagine people in different roles, but you never see them. You only ever see people who are leaders who are trying to be leaders yes. sort of a thing. And you see other people who kind of have to fit into the society and find a place in the society, but then also be themselves is interesting. Because she does not have an interest in getting a batleth and fighting someone in a duel to the death for the honor of her house and leading that house. Mm -hmm. But she wants to do a lot of stuff. And she's very good at speaking the language and dancing the dance when the spotlight is on her. Yeah. Um, But... But she's got a different sort of ambition. And it's interesting to see those characters because we have a very diverse Klingon empire here. Well, and I think that she really comes from a place of her strength is her agility. And I loved her line in the episode. I can't remember. I, I'm paraphrasing right now. But uh, by being a follower, she's able to move more quickly and agilely. Um, to achieve her goals. And I thought that was great because so often in a position of leadership, you may want to do something completely different and something completely ethical, but because of the position that you're in, you just can't do that thing. And so I think that she doesn't want to be bound by what other people expect her to do, which I love. I Mm -hmm. think that's very cool. Um, but I think she's also a really cool... So far, she's like kind of a cool um, like girl role model, I suppose. Or role model, really, for anyone. Uh-huh. Uh, I think she's a, a really outstanding character. And we've only seen her, I think, really in the last maybe episode and a half, right? Yeah, yeah I know she's been around. But yeah. like, we haven't gotten to know her, certainly, I'm until sure we, recently. I, I know we saw her episode one, like yeah. saw her, but like it didn't matter. Uh, but anyways, enough of the Klingons. I'm interested to see what they're going Did to do. Did you like the Klingon storyline in this episode? It was jarring, but I feel like it was purposefully jarring. Yeah. Because they're really trying to set apart, like, you know, this is the... We understand that Michael Burnham's um, position in the ship and how she's able to go from... You know, this place of exile to a place where she really has a lot of control of her own destiny and is serving in a capacity that she never thought she was going to be serving again. Um, How that is kind of jarred, but there's still some sort of order that as Trek fans, we understand. And, you know, we we understand this is the way that Starfleet, you know, operates. And, you know, like Riker would never you know, betray Picard for any reason whatsoever, you know? But with the Klingon, she, the adherent, she was just like, yeah, um, I'm totally turning against you. Let's, you know, maraud him on this uh, island, blah, blah, blah. She did a total Captain Jack Sparrow. And I loved it. It was very crazy, but it was very jarring. And I think it really sets the tone for the entire series as to how different you know, the Federation is versus the Klingon Empire and mm-hmm. how they are never 
going to be, you know, coming from a single place. They're very different. They come from two completely different sources. And at some points, their their paths have crossed. Yeah. And where they work together, it's never from on the terms that they work with um, other people in their great countries sort of a thing. It's, no. It, it, it is, it's never going to be like the Klingons saying this one kind of pointedly assimilation yeah. uh, for that. And, and, or it's never going to be kind of honor and glory. I think it's a very, I think that they did a really great job in setting it apart as, you know, one is, one is um, America or France or some other, or Canada, and the other one is North Korea. They're just too different. They Mm -hmm. are never going to be the same. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's say Canada and North Korea. Gotcha. (laughs) What did you think of Ripper in this episode? Okay. Here is where my fan theory comes out. Okay. Let's hear it. Okay. So, um, as we are recording this, <coughs> I am wrapped in a blue TARDIS blanket. Sam, would you please read the name of Ripper, the creature, from the episode? So, Ripper is the name that he's that the creature is dubbed by the security uh, chief, um, but the name of the species is Tardigrade. Tardigrade. Or Tardigrade. And I love that a Tardigrade is a creature that absorbs this blue spore and thereby is able to navigate to any point in the goddamn galaxy. And I kind of suspect maybe time as well. Yeah, I think so too. And so I thought that was really interesting. I thought it was a cool nod to Doctor Who. Yeah. And it is not the first time that Trek and Doctor Who have had crossovers, not even by a long shot. And so um, that's my... That's my far-fetched fan theory. I think that's great. Yeah, I thought it was very cool, and it's the first thing I saw as soon as you know she said the name, and then I started connecting all the dots with the with the blue shit, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's so good for sure. There's been a couple <clears throat> things that happened in Trek that I believe are Doctor Who, like in my head, my my fan continuity is that they're they're more Doctor Who stuff, like oh, how yeah. Wesley leaves with a traveler who's just depicted who explores time like they explore space. Yeah. Wesley becomes a Doctor companion, at least in my Trek for sure. Um, uh, fan theory yeah and so, i wonder if will leighton understands that he can now never be the doctor because he's been a companion so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was really interesting i love that they used I, I can't remember the exact name of the species on earth but the bear microbe uh, yeah. which so they're kind of um taking the trappings of interesting science that's happening contemporary that, yeah. that's sort of fascinating people and that comes from a long mantle of star trek kind of poking at what's going on in, in, in science and, and, and having it be really interesting. It's fun to see the idea of th- those little microbes are totally indestructible under or, the, or they're super resilient. Yeah. They, can ex- they can survive the vacuum of space, all kinds of these things. They look like this giant bear. And once we realized that this indestructible thing on the ship was like that, that yeah. was really cool. That was very fun. I really enjoyed that a lot. I, I'm a little confused as to why the two friends, um, or I don't know if they were... Um, romantically involved with each other. But I, professionally partners, for at, sure. At least, yeah. I really, I really do not like to ever just say like, oh, of course they're together. Right. You know, yeah, I yeah. hate that. No, I don't. Um, so anyways, I just, if they were both partners and they were trying to, I don't, I just don't understand why there wasn't more data sharing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Um, they were in dramatically different <clears throat> places. 
So the ship was exploring Beta Quadrant. At that. Beta Quadrant is where the Klingons live. Yeah. Uh, the other ship. And they are... Um, um, the Discovery has been said to be away from the front. So that means quite a bit away from Beta Quadrant. And I, I'd imagine that they'd be a little bit uh, skeptical or, or worried about doing um, the most top secret tech information across subspace um, quite that openly through that, that sort of, uh, of distance. Well, and you also... Yeah, I guess... And, and also to that point, like... Neither of them thought that the other was going to die right. from that. And so I'm sure there was an internal competition that, you know... And in the fueled. conversation that we overhear between those two um, um, partners, they had just made the threshold to doing big jumps. So yeah. there was some sort of quantum leap that just happened to the other ship. So perhaps data sharing, the intent was to have that happen soon, but it hadn't been able to happen quite yet. Okay. Which I, I guess I can accept. I like how the supercomputer is a living organism. Do you like that? I mean, I think that it is... Do you think um, it's interesting or... I think that it's interesting. Okay. Um, uh, I, Enterprise is, is not one of the strongest Trek series, but one of its most interesting storylines is to kind of explore how some um, races in the galaxy, it's implied the Borg, but there's some other ones that they kind of say, use living um, people's uh, brain power as supercomputers or to augment their ability to think th- these things and it's at tremendous cost kind of this unfillable void of cost almost this necromatic cost but you, you can achieve like this terrible power for it mm. and i thought that's an interesting thing because we have the borg out there kind of the ultimate power in the galaxy out there and and, that, and it's through this sort of at the expense of siphoning off uh, the mental energy and cap- capacities of all the people on, on that crew too so i think it's it, it kind of is the trappings of a very dark power in the Star Trek universe. Uh, but but I do I do think it, it works well and was interesting to have it be a living um, creature doing it. Yeah, I think that, um, I think that we're about <coughs> to see a, a turn from um, Michael... I'm sorry, I have to get a drink. Well, I think we're about to see a turn from Michael Burnham's um, very logical um, Vulcan ways to a more um, Captain uh, Georgiou's kind of um, lead with logic, but also lead with your emotion and especially that need to protect. Um, Whereas I think that Michael Burnham may may have had like a sense of human lives are numbers and if you can reduce the number of fatalities good, Whereas I think that she's kind of switching over to a mindset of um, the numbers are human beings or they are people and yeah. sentient beings. And so I really liked in um, Captain Georgiou's, um last will and testament how she talks about um, being or taking care, but then more so taking care of those um, in your care. Yeah. I really loved that. I thought that was super great. And I think that we'll see that kind of played out with, um, with River. Mm-hmm. So. I was so interested to see Saro's and the captain's relationship be frayed a little bit too. Yeah. Saro is such a, I don't want to say cookie cutter or Starfleet officer, but he's a very, I'm from the United Federations of Planets, Starfleet Command. I am a, a Starfleet officer take it on toward the ship that is very different. And I always wondered how that worked. But it is interesting that he, he he's not consulted. He's not a partner yeah. in that same way. He's not a part of the inner circle. He knows that and he feels that. And he just there's this placeholder Starfleet officer. 
uh, and that, that that's such a problem. I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see that explored more. Yeah, that's really interesting. I have not seen um, a trek where there was such a fracture, so I'm interested to know if you know, are there other seasons where there's a big fracture just from the onset between the first officer and the captain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, like has there been one where there's such a split between them? Where um, they just don't share information. Well, in Star Trek Enterprise, T'Pol is the first officer. She's a Vulcan. And this is before the United Federation of Planets. So Vulcans and humans are very different. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the uncomfortableness of the beginning of the show is, A, it's kind of abruptly and quickly and a little bit poorly written at at the start. But in this show that's supposed to be about coming together, they're just supposed to be exploring the idea of space racism for a very long time, which feels unhelpful and uncomfortable. Yeah. So, but but they, they they have a great relationship over time. Um, to Paul's to Paul's a really interesting character. Archer's an interesting character. It's just the choices that they chose to really dwell on felt like antithetical to Trek for a bit of it starting out. And there certainly were some sometimes with some, which is but but not distrust. Sure, that's interesting. Yeah. So well, um, there is no surprise in this house that I am a huge. Saru fan. Oh, you love him. Um, I love him so much. I think he's so great. I, I, I had no idea who the actor was, and then when I looked him up and I saw, oh well, he's in like every goddamn Guillermo del Toro <laughs> movie that I've ever loved, um, and tons of other stuff as well. But uh, I, when we were watching episode three tonight with the kids, like I would, I was playing Star Trek timelines, and I'd put down my phone and just listen for his lines, and then be like picking it back up. So. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really into that character, and I'm really interested to see what happens with him in the future. Mm-hmm. So, okay. What did you think of the chief of security guy? Oh, happy. And one of the things that I love is that there are no red shirts to yeah. <laughs> to tip you off to who's disposable. Uh-huh. I think that's great. There are literally and figuratively no red shirts. Yeah, Because exactly. you're not as primed to see disposable characters as you would be in that. Yeah. I feel like it's a show of modern television a little bit where it, it kind of messes with and plays with your idea of, of, of who, who is disposable and who isn't. For, for sure. Um, oh my gosh. What was I liked her performance um, overall <laughs> until now. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little sad to see her, her gone because I thought she was an interesting element. She was she was a little bit untenable in how much she was dictating the work of other people and she didn't trust mm-hmm. them. She didn't see, ever seem to be a good leader of well, people. You know, um, so we had just recently started um, Deep Space Nine mm-hmm. when um, and we took a little break for a little bit but who the is she a Bajoran Kira? Kira. Mm-hmm. I am not a huge Kira fan, but that is because I don't really like I don't as a human person in my life, I do not respond well to that type of asshole. Right. <laughs> and I really felt like um I felt like the security officer was the exact same thing. As Kira? Yeah. Yeah. Kira I wasn't into it earns it though with time which is so different like she's she's abrasive she's she's intense but like she she really uh, like puts in the time to to make things right and to, to do the mission to take care of other people like this sort of thing and, and i feel like there's a, a idea of time where if you're going yeah. to be very 
self very attacking and abrasive of, of people but then you also care about them and you're going to keep them safe are you going to save thing. the cat sometimes you do, yeah, yeah right and be a good leader and and kira cares about making the right decision she has a uh, she survived uh, occupancy for the cardassians she's going through like an insane thing oh, i she, love the cardassians she's <laughs> very outward about her going through this insane thing with other people she also has all, all those choice and dignity removed from her from her and she also doesn't believe in the efficacy of anything around her she doesn't think it's permanent the only thing that's permanent yeah. is the family that she can make uh but she always picks up the pieces the blocks and keeps putting them back together and tries to make things better for other people in her own way this commander didn't earn it where you don't trust that no matter what she's saying or doing she's going to pick up the pieces and try to make things good for people around her in her own strange way well but to be fair she was never given the opportunity she to, was not to earn that trust and i would have liked to have seen more of what made her tick but then like she just wasn't she couldn't trust so she couldn't be a leader is the thing because she, she couldn't trust the other person to follow a hunch yeah. for time and that that really got her killed just not being able to be a leader i mean i don't feel like you can be a good i don't think you can be a good um I guess instrument on a science vessel if you don't believe in the time it takes to do science you know what I mean yeah. like and I feel like both she and the captain were very much like that is like ah oh, give me the results now 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 well, it's like well it's time and, and it's there's testing. cost to yeah. everything that they're, they're getting there's there's, a, there's sometimes <laughs> a severe cost but. so there's a, a there is a true disconnect between those in command and security and those that are the scientists on mm-hmm. board and really understanding um the safety of you know yeah of, of everyone on that ship is really kind of up in the air yeah absolutely yeah and the, and the captain and the security aren't there to make friends or, or make a family in the way we're used to other people seeing in starfleet mm-hmm. do and they're not going to have that the draw they're not going to have that strength they're not going to be able to use other people well in that way well, but I think, too, that for so, well, for all of the other seasons, the focus has been on the captain. And I really don't think that that's where they're leading right. us now. And I feel like the family that we're supposed to be, or that we're being primed to believe in is Saru, Michael, and Tilly. Tilly. Yeah. yeah. I'd be curious to see if that family expands a little bit. We've seen the helmsman mm-hmm. around a lot. I'd like to see... Yeah. Her understand her a little bit more. I'd like to have a doctor. We've always always had a doctor. Well, we got we've, a doctor this time. We met our doctor, but we don't know anything about him. He was hilarious. He was good. He I was enjoyed fun. it. I love their white uniforms. That oh, they're fun. Super cute. Yeah, I think they're. <laughs> I loved it. It was so adorable. <laughs> it just made me so happy. I wanted to like. I wish that I could have like a Kindle dress up of that. I would keep it. It would just make me so glad. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, I like so. the science officer more and more. I, I enjoy him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From Firefly. Yeah. What is his name again? Uh, Sturgeon or something like that. Got him open. Let me pull it up. All right. Well, great. Sorry about these clicks. Yeah. Stamets. You see it? Oh. Yeah. Stamets. Yeah, Stamets. Anthony Rapp plays him. He does... I like him a lot. Yeah, he's good. Um. So, okay. Are we done talking about this episode? I think so. Okay. I enjoy it. I trust the show. I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes more, and I'm, I'm just having a really good time. Mm-hmm. I am loving the serialized drama of... For sure. ...watching a single character. I am eating it up. Yeah. So I think it's great. 
and I'm, I'm getting a little bummed out at the criticism of the show from all sides I, I was just looking up the show to try to find names <clears> of <throat> things and I found an article that was really mad uh, and, and I get really be, be really mad about this it's it's there's been more female character death than male character death but of the security chief dying as being like a, a woman in power in the show dying and I understand that none of the women that we're following are in positions of command at the moment but I feel like the show's done a really good job at having um Having us follow female protagonists, yeah, that are really real and interesting people that are very well written and complete, and, and the promise minority. of that continuing. <laughs> or I'm sorry, three minority um, female characters that we've kind of watched. So, um, Captain Georgiou, Michael Burnham, and then the security officer. I think uh-huh. that's really great. Two of them and died. A lot of people are dying though. It's a show with a high it's rate a, of death. It's a show about war. It's a show about war. <laughs> God. Yeah, totally. I, I, I give her You're, a surprise. Yeah. But then, so the the one criticism where I kind of latched onto a little bit, and I, and I felt a little bit, was the idea that it was so great to have a show with the power and emotional center of it being two women of color in command and in power, and then having that be taken away by the by the captain having a bait and switch death uh, was hurtful to people. And I understand that. I, I think that we'll get back. To having women in command in the positions of authority because I don't I don't think we're done playing musical chairs for who's in charge oh, of the show surely by not. a long shot we're just in season one or, or we're just at the very beginning here but that said I like how the uh, emotional and the kind of just like our point of view frame remains interaction between two women yeah because it, it a criticism of, of kind of science fiction shows sometimes is you can only have women in mixed units. So you only have women if they're ex- accessory to a group of, of men in it. You get an interesting point of view. But she isn't going back to the room and talking to Saru about everything. So where it has to be male and female. She's going back and talking to Tilly about everything. Mm-hmm. So the heart of the show kind of remains uh, uh, female interaction in a way that's quite uniquely is sometimes under depicted in science fiction, which I appreciate and I trust the show can continue. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's <coughs> you also have to give you have to give it time. Like yeah, had to for be, sure. There had to be a really strong death to be you know. I mean, we got two strong deaths. We have two messiahs right now. Yeah. And you know, I think that's really great. But like, you know, everyone that's been through a change in CEO or president or whatever knows that that is not that's the first of a series of shuffles. And it takes a long time to figure it out. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Now, if I'll, I will quit this show if every if every goddamn character ends up being a dude. <laughs> like, fuck yeah, it. no, yeah, fuck it's, it. It's a it's about all treks are about in some way being stronger together. Yeah, and about the idea of that, the resistance to that, ex- the exploration of that. That that's always been it, right? Yeah, for sure. Did, yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I'm good. Cool. My throat is ground beef right now. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, guys. Uh, Live long and prosper. And meow. Meow. (laughs) What? That meow is perfect. Good job. (laughs) You bring honor to this house. The light of Kayla is so strong in you. I'm Data's cat. (laughs) Spot. Yeah, Spot. Meow. 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 All right. Goodbye. Okay, so I have a question for you. Yes. Okay, Mary Fuck Kill. Okay. Okay. Michael. Okay. Tilly. Uh huh. And the Adherent. Okay, my first instinct is to 
all three of those, Michael. Because <laughs> at times <laughs> you had to marry her, fuck her, and or kill her. <laughs> okay. And that's also tough because the adherent would be so supportive. <laughs> but I don't know that I want to marry her. She, she believes in you. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be here, George Bearer. <laughs> so you get fired from a job and she's like, yeah, fuck Sam. Fine, get his stuff out of. Let me help you throw his stuff out of the office. He's the worst. Here, I only did that so I could help you get your stuff out of the office. I'm gonna take you, you like. to my mom's. <laughs> you have to give up everything. <laughs> uh, All right, you first. Uh, okay, so fuck the adherent. Okay. Um, I just feel like she'd just be coolly staring at you with those big green eyes. Oh, you know. Stoically. I think it would be weird. No, I guess like the way that I'm imagining it is that we're doing it from behind and I'm not watching what's happening to me. It's Fair like, enough. Because her though. face would be weird. Yeah. You have no idea what she's thinking because she's want really to. good at it. Okay. It's hotter if I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, it's. And then I would kill Tilly and marry Michael. Okay. I feel like Michael would take me places. <laughs> yeah. Let's go for a ride, baby. <laughs> I don't want to be around for this. Can you do your Vulcan thing on me? That's great. Okay. Like, you could never do, um, like, neck massages with her, though. No. Like, you could never exchange. You'd be like, oh, my shoulder really hurts. And she'd be like, oh, can I help you? You'd be like, no, you no, cannot. No, you not. <laughs> I don't even remember our last five Christmases. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right, you go. All right. <laughs> Kill the adherent <laughs> fuck Tilly and marry Michael. <laughs> just so sad because like, you'd have to have so much after talk with Tilly like no so no no you don't because we live on the discovery and we know how the computer is primed to do site to site transport <laughs> computer emergency transport to the brig I'm in an ethical dilemma <laughs> <laughs> I hate her so much <laughs> You would have a lot of orange curly hairs all over you for a very long time. Yeah. No, uh-huh. it'd be like both your real life and my real life. That's true. Yeah. And you'd kill it. Of course, killing the adherent would be in a batleth duel with, with the clean Maybe swords. that's why I didn't do that because I know I wouldn't be able to take one on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. At some point. And then marry Michael because she could take me places. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she like... She might be calling you from prison one day, but what if? <laughs> uh, All right. Okay. okay, now I think we're really out of here. Bye.